Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor. Please stay and have a cup of tea or coffee with us at the end of this service. Our Minister Katrina is on leave this week, so our service this morning is being led by our friend Lena Toth. Everything we need to follow the service today is on our printed order of service. You'll also remember that being the first Sunday of the month, we celebrate communion together. And everyone who is trying to follow Jesus is invited to take part. In the dark and in the day, God calls. God calls us, each one of us, by name. Patiently, tenderly, urgently, unceasingly calling. From our darkness and our light, we come to listen, to respond, and to worship. And as we worship, we're invited to do that by singing our first hymn together. Father, most loving, listen to your children. We will stand if we're able.
God says to each of us, you are my beloved, created in love for love. And our spirits can answer, here I am, Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me anew. God breathes on us the Holy Spirit, knitting many members into one body, the body of Christ. Together, we answer, here we are, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us anew. God calls the small and helps them to do great things. God calls the weak and reveals their hidden gifts. God calls the rejected and opens their eyes to their worth. So we gather, young and old, small and great, to dream God's dreams, to receive God's power and to do God's deeds. Here we are, Lord. Gather together. We pray together the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us, each in our own language, saying, Our Father,
When you hear your name, maybe, especially when you don't quite expect them, is it easy to recognize when it's somebody you know very well? Can you immediately almost know that it's them who's calling? Usually it's, it's okay, right? I see many nods. Sometimes when there's a lot of noise, that could be difficult, couldn't it? I have a friend who lives in Bulgaria, and when he was growing up, it was one of those big blocks of apartments. And he and his brother would be playing outside, and his mom needed to call them, usually because there was tea ready. But there were so many children there, and, and the, the mom's voice would just drown out. So what they devised was an interesting system. They were an opera-loving family. So the mom would whistle the theme of the Toreador song from opera Carmen, you see. Now, I cannot whistle, but... It would go like that. That was enough. Both brothers knew this was their mom calling them to come home, usually because there was something good happening or they were in trouble. Sometimes, though, it can be difficult, can't it? Can you think of any time when it was difficult? You were confused. Are they calling me? Or maybe not me? It happens to me a lot because my name is short, Lina. And when I hear it in the crowd, it could be somebody calling my name, or they might be calling for Angelina and Evelina and Selena and so on. And I remember at first I would get excited, only to realize, no, it's not me who's being called. So I'm, I'm now much more careful, because I know sometimes this can be confusing. Is it me they want? Is it my name they're calling? Or somebody else? Well, today in this room, later on, we'll be exploring a story of a little boy named Samuel who suddenly heard his name in the middle of the night. He was pretty sure it was his name that he heard, but he was a bit confused about why. It was the middle of the night and he wasn't sleeping in his bedroom. He was a very interesting boy. He lived in a big tent that served as the temple of the Lord. Quite unusual, isn't it? A bit like sleeping here, but even more strange. 
So he thought that it was an old priest whom he was serving um, that called him. And he ran. But the priest said, no, I haven't called you. And then it happened again. And then again, he ran to the priest. And the priest said, no, go back to sleep. And it had to happen a few times until both the old priest and little Samuel realized it might be God's voice that sounded a bit like the old priest's voice. It was very unusual for Samuel, a little boy, to be called by God as far as everybody around him were concerned. But that is a reminder to us that God can call anybody. No matter how young, how old, no matter where we are, we can suddenly hear our name, whether out loud or quietly in our hearts. And it can be a bit confusing. Is it really God or is it something, somebody else? And for that, I think, in order to discern, is it really God calling us or something else is happening? For that, we need each other's help. That's one of the reasons why we're together as a church, gathering regularly. Because together we can help each other to tune in, as that song said. Especially when there are many, many voices in that busy, noisy playground of life. We might need help in recognizing God's voice. But let's remember, God's really interested in calling us. So before our young people go to their activities, I want to invite us to sing that song that we heard. Tune in, tune in, as a reminder that God's voice is there to be heard and we can help each other to hear what he has to say. So again, if we're able, we will stand and sing together.
Both our Bible readings this morning are taken from the Old Testament, the first from the book of Samuel, the passage already referenced, and then the second from Psalm 139. So the first 20 verses of Samuel 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is. Is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning this his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. 
Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. And then from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Recent weeks have been quite exciting for us, haven't they? I don't refer to the weather in this case, more thinking about our church life, the Pentecost, and then Trinity Sunday, and of course the baptism of our dear friends. And now we enter a different season. And again, I'm not referring to the weather or the holiday season, but more a season in the church life and the church calendar which is sometimes called the ordinary time or kingdom 
tide. And the lectionary readings, the readings from a, a, a calendar of agreed texts from scripture for each particular Sunday, they reflect that kind of mood and mode. So the two readings that we heard, that Andrew read for us, they, they come from lectionary and they help us, they begin that journey of challenging us to live as God's people in the light of the events that we have been hearing about and remembering in the church calendar so far. Well, perhaps unsurprisingly, that remembering starts with the story of God's call, inviting us also to think and remember our own call. Scripture is full of stories of God calling various people, all kinds of people, and their response is really varied too. There are those who resist the call, at least at first, think Jonah. Those whose call is really, really unexpected, uh, say Paul on his way to persecute even more Christians. There are those who experience a really dramatic call of God, like Moses, seeing this bush, this fire that keeps burning and burning and burning in a way that it shouldn't be burning. Or a mystical kind of call, uh, like Isaiah, who sees the vision of the Lord God on the throne, high and exalted, surrounded by heavenly being no human eye has seen. Different kinds of calls. And then there are other times when no one seems to hear the call of God for quite a while. When God doesn't seem to be approaching anyone in visions. There are times when, as our today's scripture says, visions are not widespread and the word of the Lord is rare. Those were the days of Samuel. And I do wonder whether for us, living in post-Christendom West, it may feel a bit similar at times. I'll leave you to decide whether there are parallels with our times of this nature. But here, in the first book of Samuel, we have an old, tired priest who can barely see, but who's providing spiritual leadership to the tribes of Israel. And it's not exactly going swimmingly. And the problems start with Eli's own sons, who are also priests, who take lavishly from the offerings brought by the people to the temple, who sleep with the women who serve at the entrance of the tent, and who generally make mockery of their priesthood. The scripture calls them scoundrels. But somehow, seeing all that, Eli just cannot find courage to stand up against what is happening. Maybe it's because it's his own sons. We may remember this priest, Eli, from an earlier story about how Samuel came to be born. You probably know the story quite well. Samuel's future mother, Hannah, had come to the tabernacle in Shiloh, uh, this special tent that served as a temple for the Lord God of Israel. So she came to the tabernacle in her distress because she didn't seem to be able to get pregnant and therefore 
in her own eyes she was worthless. And as Eli noticed this woman moving her lips but no sound coming out of them, he reacted rather judgmentally at first, don't you think? He quickly concluded she must be drunk and went on to shame her. But when Hannah told him a bit of her story, he did change his attitude and said some kind words to her. He said, may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for in your prayer. What happened in that interchange between Hannah and Eli on that day in the temple is significant because Hannah soon gets pregnant just as she prayed and she gives birth to a baby boy Samuel and in a manner that may be difficult for us to understand today as soon as the boy is weaned Hannah takes him to the tabernacle and hands him over to Eli she says I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him so now I give him to the Lord and so little Samuel remains in the tabernacle serving Eli the priest it's quite cute read that his mom makes him a special little priestly robe each year and she gives it to Samuel to wear when she comes to visit him in the temple others find it cute too he grows in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people the scripture says Eli probably loves having him around, maybe especially because of his own sons who are giving him so much grief. And so in our text for today, we find Samuel sleeping in the tabernacle near the Holy of Holies, near the Ark of the Lord. It says there in the text, the lamp of God has not or had not yet gone out. Referring to the requirement for the priests to keep the lamps burning through the night until the morning. This gives us a clue about the timing. Late in the night, perhaps shortly before dawn, that Samuel hears his name being called. But it also gives us a ray of hope. Yes, the word of God was rare, but the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And then Samuel hears his name. Of course, he assumes Eli's calling him. God's voice sounds like the voice of Eli, his mentor. God's voice often sounds like the voice of those who have led us in our journey of faith. Samuel runs to him. I do wonder whether that means he was already awake when he heard his name being called. He runs and he says, here I am. Here I am. What? Those of you who have ever woke, were woken up by a child asking something strange in the middle of the night probably don't need too much imagination. How many times do you have to tell them, go back to sleep? But Samuel wakes up Eli again. Here I am. You called me, didn't you? I suspect if I were in Eli's place, I'd be much more irritated if this kept repeating. But 
Eli is remarkably patient. And after the third time it happens, Eli is awake enough to think that there might be a reason for this and it might be possible that God is speaking to Samuel over there in the temple near the Holy of Holies. Now, let's think about it. Here was this old, experienced priest, a leader, who now suspects that God wants to speak, but not through him. Instead, God is possibly addressing a boy. If I were Eli, again, I imagine I'd try to go to Samuel's room, maybe to sneak him after him to see if I may be present there when God does speak. Well, Eli doesn't. Maybe because he's too tired. Maybe it is because he knows that these words will only be spoken to Samuel when he's alone. Or maybe he's afraid of what that message might be. Because Eli had already received a warning from God that God will not tolerate the injustice done in God's very name right under Eli's nose. And here's a good reminder for those of us who might find ourselves at the institutional, traditional, established end of things, whether within or out with the church, when God seems to bypass us and chooses to work through others. Those who are more junior, those with much less experience, those over who we hold power. Will we have grace, humility, and courage to encourage them towards listening to the voice of God that may come in the dead of the night? Especially as that voice might bring more of the bad news for us. I do wonder what the movements of those two were the next morning in the temple. Had Samuel spent the night sleepless, wide awake with fear, wondering if there is any chance Eli might forget the whole thing in the morning? And even if there, if that were to happen, would he be able to avoid God's clear commissioning to deliver the message? Was Samuel trying to find ways of avoiding Eli, finding various little errands to run, as we often do when we don't want to see someone? But eventually, Samuel must face Eli. And I think by this time, Eli does know that this is going to be an unpalatable message. And yet he insists. Did you notice that? He really insists, do not hide it from me. What did God tell you? And Samuel does tell. Holds nothing back. Unfortunately for him, Eli again has the grace to accept the message without trying to shoot the messenger. 
he accepts this is of God and simply says, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. What, I wonder, was packed into those words? A sense of failure, defeat, shame. There is a lot of pain and tragedy in Eli's life. And it's easy to write him off as a failed priest. But I hope we will not. Because although he might have been sluggish in his discernment, and although he may have been an effective leader, and didn't have the courage to stand up to evil when it was too close to his own flesh and blood, in the end he had the humility and the courage to enable Samuel to grow and to serve and to start recognizing God's voice. I hope we will not write off Eli. Because Samuel will also make his mistakes and he also won't be able to ensure that his sons will follow God's ways. I hope we will not write off Eli because sometimes we might feel like him. Like someone who didn't justify the hopes of others. Like someone who didn't quite gather the courage to name evil for what it was when it was our responsibility. Like someone presiding over a system that seems to be dying. But if even then, if we will get alongside someone and help them to recognize God's voice and God's call, then there is hope for us all. And that is what the other reading for today, Psalm 139, articulates so beautifully. God knows our innermost being. God has always known us, and his presence has always been with us and will always be with us. He cares for nations and communities and the big turns of history, but he also cares and loves each person whatever their life story. And even though that means that he knows the depths of our failures, even more than we ourselves, he still surrounds us with love and that inescapable presence of which the psalm talks. Even in the deepest darkness, even in the depths of defeat, he is there and God is love. Even when we are not sure of who we are, given all we've done or haven't done, God is there as the anchor of our worth and our identity. God's ongoing creation continues in our messy lives through triumphs and failures, in our being called time and time again. through voices of others, unexpectedly, sometimes making us very reluctant, but called and called again. 
Yet chances are that in order to hear that call and to be able to respond to that call, we'll need others' help. And chances are that we can help others to discern that call for them. And that, my friends, is one of the reasons why we're here this morning and so many other mornings. That is why we break bread. That's why we share the fruit of the vine. That's why we gather around the word of God together. That's why we pray together. That's why we sing together. And when we do that, as well as when we chat with each other over a cuppa afterwards, when we meet each other or bump into each other in the middle of the week, when we encounter each other in social media, in whichever ways we relate to each other, let's help, let's help each other to listen and to hear God's call. And let's help each other to experience that all-encompassing, all-knowing love of God that keeps calling.
we have listened to, we have sung the words of the psalmist. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You are all around me on every side. Lord, you call us by your name. And so, hush. Let us listen for God as we pray for others and for ourselves. We thank you, God, that you do not leave us without the word. It comes to us from many sources, every day. It comes to us from those who have struggled to understand the way of truth down the centuries. And we thank you that you are still moving amongst us today, bringing us new and fresh understandings of truth. And so it's against that background, Lord, that we pray this morning. But for whom will we pray? For what will we pray? The world swirls around us in all its pain and its need. We struggle to know what to do in response to that. Perhaps if we remain silent before you, we will hear your voice. Lord, you have searched your world in all its woundedness, in all its warfare. Draw near to those who struggle to survive. Draw near to those who are lonely and afraid. These are the people whom we remember before you now. Let them hear your voice. Lord, you have searched your church in all its frailty and its wandering from your way. Draw near to us and challenge us if we have fenced in your love and kept it to ourselves. Expand our vision so that the world will see the light of your life among us. Lord, may we hear your voice. Lord, you search each one of us today. You see and you care. You reach out towards us and you speak tenderly to us. May we discover anew your life of hope and courage, closer than we had ever imagined.
Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You are all around me and on every side. Lord, you call me by my name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, give us ears to hear. And we continue in our prayers in the giving of an offering. To that, our dear Lord, we want to say amen. Be blessed indeed for all your goodness, for all your gifts. And as we give these gifts, help us to remember that everything that we have and everything that we are is yours. Amen. We will sing a communion hymn together as we prepare for the table of the Lord.
come, all you who have been surprised by God's call. Come, all of you who yearn to hear God's voice again. Come and be fed with the food that God gives freely. Come and quench your thirst from the waters of life. Come and let your spirits be filled again with the goodness of your creator. We give you all thanks and praise, O God, for it was you who knit together the newborn earth and said, let light shine out of darkness. Wonderful indeed are your works. In ancient times, you spoke through trustworthy prophets like Samuel, revealing to us your word and your thoughts. How weighty are they, O God? How vast is the sum of them? And then you have revealed yourself in your child, Jesus. He made known your grief at our brokenness and your desire to heal us and bless us with the joy of the Holy Spirit. That is why on the evening before he died, Jesus had supper with his friends. During the meal, he took a loaf of bread, gave thanks for it, broke it, and passed it around with these words. This is my body, broken for you. Eat this and remember me. And so as many of his followers have done throughout the centuries, today we also give thanks for this bread. We break it as the body of Jesus was broken. We eat this bread and with thanksgiving we remember Jesus, our teacher, our Lord. And as is our pattern here, we will eat the bread as we receive it. And if for whatever reason you don't want to receive it, please feel no embarrassment. You are welcome here. But let us feast at the table of our Lord. And after the meal, Jesus took the cup of wine and he gave thanks for it and then passed it around with these words. This is my blood shed for you. Drink this and remember me. And this is what we will do too. But we will wait until everybody has been served and then we will drink it together. When the powerful people conspired against Jesus, persecuting him and striking him down, oh God, you didn't leave him in the grave. You raised him to new life. And so as we drink this cup, we remember Jesus and God's everlasting love.
Christ died carrying our death with him. Christ was raised, bringing new life for all. Christ will come, revealing the fullness of God's glory. And when we come to the end of time, we will find ourselves with him, seated at his table, with our sisters and brothers of every time and place, joining to praise God forever and ever. Amen. And as a foretaste of that joy, let us sing together our blessing, sending song. May the God of love go with us everywhere. faithful to the call of God. Get alongside others to help them to hear the voice of God too. And may God be with you to the end. May Christ Jesus make his life visible in you and may the Holy Spirit give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ.